0: We choose
1: to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Godspeed, John Glenn. Roger, zero G, and I feel fine. I feel the liftoff. The clock has started. Roger. This is a new and strange environment first. suddenly finding yourself in orbit. Uh, We have a liftoff, 32 minutes, past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle
0: has landed. Hello and welcome. This is Michael Annis, and you're listening to episode 46 of the Space Rocket History Podcast. And now, Mariner 4. It's difficult to determine exactly when the discussions of life on Mars began in earnest. But astronomers' observations of the red planet in the late 1800s and early 1900s helped spur a wave of interest. Percival Lowell, an American businessman, spent years studying Mars from an observatory he financed at Flagstaff, Arizona. While there, he made sketches of the surface of Mars and published the results. But telescope resolution wasn't very good at the time. Even when Mars was at its closest approach to Earth, telescope viewing was like looking at a one-foot globe from two miles away. But Lowell found something unusual on Mars. He believed that he was seeing canals on the surface of the red planet. If that were true, There could be intelligent life on Mars. As his observations became public, interest in Mars grew rapidly. Dozens of books, movies, and television programs portrayed different views of a Martian civilization, ranging from H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, to Martian aliens in episodes of The Twilight Zone, to Marvin the Martian on Looney Tunes. But NASA had its own reasons for going to the Red Planet. The new field of exobiology was examining the possibilities of life on other worlds, but scientists could still only see very limited detail through an Earth-bound telescope. NASA needed a close-up view to see what the Martian environment was really like, before drawing any conclusions. NASA originally wanted to have a lander on the planet, but they were forced to scale back that approach in 1962 because the Centaur rocket stage would not be ready in time for the planned 1964 mission. Keep in mind this was the early days of space exploration. There was a high rate of failure as NASA and the Soviet Union each tested new technology. Because of this, NASA decided to send two spacecraft to Mars around the same time, Mariner 3 and Mariner 4. This success had worked previously with Mariner 1 and Mariner 2's voyages to Venus. While Mariner 1 failed, Mariner 2 successfully sent back information. Mariner 3 and 4 were identical spacecrafts. Mariner 3 was launched on November 5th, 1964, but the shroud encasing the spacecraft atop its rocket failed to open properly, and Mariner 3 did not get to Mars. Now let's move on to Mariner 4. Mariner 4's primary objective was to conduct close-up scientific observations of Mars and to transmit these observations to Earth. Additional goals included performing field and particle measurements in interplanetary space and providing experience and knowledge of engineering capabilities for interplanetary flights of long duration. The Mariner 4 spacecraft consisted of an octagonal magnesium frame, 1.3 meters across and 45.7 centimeters high. Four solar panels were attached to the top of the frame with an end-to-end span of 6.8 meters. A 1.2 meter diameter high-gain parabolic antenna was mounted at the top of the frame as well. An omnidirectional low-gain antenna was mounted on a 2.2-meter mast next to the high-gain antenna. The overall height of the spacecraft was 2.9 meters. At the bottom center of the spacecraft, the television camera was mounted on a scan platform. The octagonal frame housed the electronic equipment, cabling, mid-course propulsion system, and attitude control gas supplies and regulators. Most of the science experiments were mounted on the outside of the frame. It weighed in at 260 kilograms. If this is a little hard to imagine, there is a picture available on the homepage. The scientific instruments on Mariner 4 included a helium magnetometer to measure the magnitude and characteristics of magnetic fields, an ionization chamber slash Geiger counter to measure the charged particle intensity and distribution, a trapped radiation detector to measure the intensity and direction of low energy particles, a cosmic ray telescope to measure the direction and energy spectrum of protons and alpha particles, a solar plasma probe to measure the very low charged particle flux from the sun, a cosmic dust detector to measure the momentum, distribution, density, and direction of cosmic dust, and, the most important instrument, a television camera to obtain close-up pictures of the surface of Mars. Electrical power was supplied to Mariner 4 by 28,224 solar cells contained in four solar panels. The panels could provide 310 watts of power at Mars. A rechargeable 1,200-watt-hour silver-zinc battery was also used for maneuvers and backup. Monopropellant hydrazine was used for propulsion via a four-jet vane vector control, 222-newton motor. Attitude control was provided by 12 cold nitrogen gas jets mounted on the ends of the solar panels and three gyros. Solar pressure vanes, each with an area of 0.65 square meters, were attached to the tips of the solar panels. Positional information was provided by four sun sensors and a sensor for either the Earth, Mars, or the star, Canopus, depending upon the time in the spaceflight. Mariner 4 was the first space probe that needed a star for a navigational reference object. Previous missions, which remained near either the Earth, the Moon, or the planet Venus, had sighted onto either the bright face of the home planet or the brightly lit target. During this flight, both the Earth and Mars would be too dim to lock onto. Another bright source at a wide angle from the Sun was needed, and Canopus filled this requirement. To communicate with Earth, Mariner 4 used a dual S band 7 watt transmitter and a single receiver which could send and receive data via the low and high gain antennas at a data rate of eight and one third or thirty three and one third bits per second. Data could also be stored on a tape recorder with a capacity of five point two four megabits for later transmission. All operations were controlled by a command subsystem, which could process any of 29 direct command words or three quantitative word commands for mid-course maneuvers. Now let's move on to the flight of Mariner 4. After the failure of Mariner 3, NASA and its contractors hastily redesigned the nose fairing of Mariner 4. This had to be done in the three weeks in order to meet Mariner Four's launch date. On November twenty eighth, nineteen sixty four, Mariner Four was successfully launched on an Atlas Agena D launch vehicle. Here's the audio. From Table One,
1: CO in the blockhouse, November twenty eighth, nine twenty-two AM. Twenty five, man county. Atlas on internal power. I'm pushing arm. 10. Geno ready, switch on. Spacecraft to internal power. 5. Clear to launch. We're counting, engine start. Ignition. Lift off Point up. Roger. 1-3 seconds. We're on our way. Roger. one seconds. Look steady. The trajectory looks nominal to date. Roger. A science system engineer. All green, no deviations. Mechanical system engineer. All green. Atlas main engine cut off. Roger. We had a mark two. Main engine separation. Roger. Current. We got some current in one panel. Officer, we got a current on the panels. Shroud loop must be off. Shroud is off. We see some current in one of the solar panels. Roger. We have another panel indicating sunlight. Roger. All stations, this is ACE 1, would like to report the spacecraft is sun acquired.
0: After launch, the protective shroud covering Mariner 4 was successfully jettisoned and the Agena D slash Mariner 4 combination separated from the Atlas D booster. The Agena D's first burn of 130 seconds put the spacecraft into an Earth parking orbit. Later, it burned for 91 seconds to inject the craft into a Mars transfer orbit. Mariner 4 separated from the Agena D at 1507 Universal Time and began cruise mode operations. The solar panels deployed and the scan platform was unlatched. Sun acquisition occurred 16 minutes later. After sun acquisition, the Canopus Star Tracker began searching for Canopus. The Star Tracker was set to respond to any object more than one-eighth as bright as Canopus and less than eight times as bright as Canopus. Including Canopus, there were seven objects visible to the sensor. It took more than a day of star hopping to find Canopus as the sensor locked on to stars by mistake before finally acquiring Canopus. On its way to Mars, Mariner 4 encountered problems maintaining the lock on the Canopus star. In fact, Canopus lock was lost six times within a period of less than three weeks after the launch, and each time a sequence of radio commands were required to reacquire the star. It was finally determined that small dust particles were being released from the spacecraft and were drifting through the star sensor field of view. Sunlight scattered from the particles made them appear as a bright star. When the particle was bright enough that it exceeded the high limit of eight times the illumination of canopus, Mariner 4 would automatically disacquire Canopus and initiate a roll search for the new star. Finally, on December 17th, NASA sent a radio command that removed the high limit, and Mariner 4 remained locked on Canopus for the remainder of the flight. On December 5th, 1964, it was time for a mid-course maneuver. Here's the audio.
1: On its injected course... Mariner 4 would pass 150,000 miles from the leading edge of Mars. Desired trajectory was 5 to 7,000 miles from the trailing edge. A corrective maneuver was set for December 5th. The maneuver, accomplished. Mariner would pass about 6,000 miles from the trailing edge of Mars. Both the pitch and the roll changes were completed with
0: better than 1% accuracy. The velocity change was about 2.5% accuracy. After the maneuver, Mariner 4 was on course for Mars as planned. After seven and a half months of flight and one mid-course correction maneuver, Mariner 4 flew by Mars on July 14th and 15th, 1965. From 10,000 to 17,000 kilometers up, Mariner 4 was still too far away to see life such as plants or animals, but it would perhaps be close enough to determine if there were canals or not. On July 14th, the command for Planetary Science Mode was sent to Mariner 4.
1: Here's the audio. Then, July 14th, Encounter Day. This is Mariner control. The DC-25 was transmitted 21 minutes ago. In about three minutes, we hope to receive an indication that Mariner has responded to the command. John Kasani, spacecraft systems engineer. The DC-25 command should initiate a platform scanning action. If the command is not received, the spacecraft will initiate the scanning itself in about one hour. Sensors on board the spacecraft should automatically position the platform at the correct angle, and then switch the telemetry to the encounter mode. After that, the spacecraft should start the picture recording sequence. That will be the payoff.
0: The camera sequence started and 21 pictures were taken. The images covered a discontinuous area of Mars covering about 1% of the planet's surface. The closest approach was 9846 kilometers from the Martian surface. The images taken during the flyby were stored in the onboard tape recorder, and at 2:19 universal time, Mariner 4 passed behind Mars as seen from the Earth, and the radio signal ceased. The signal was reacquired at 3:13 universal time when the spacecraft reappeared. Cruise mode was then reestablished. Transmission of the taped images to Earth began about eight and a half hours after signal reacquisition and continued until August 3rd. All images were transmitted twice to ensure no data was missing or corrupt. Here's a clip of how the data was interpreted in 1965.
1: The pictures and data recorded by Mariner 4 revealed Mars to be a cold, barren planet. The atmosphere contains little or no oxygen and appears to be composed largely of carbon dioxide. There were no obvious traces of the canals, as indicated on maps of Mars, no evidence of life forms. But the pictures cover only 1% of the Martian surface. General surface features are similar to the moon, with many craters, but with no great valleys, Continental masses, mountain chains, or ocean basins. But many questions have been answered and the exploration of Mars begun by Mariner will continue in the years ahead.
0: After the pictures came back, they showed no canals or any obvious signs of life. Although blurry by today's standards, the images were clear enough to reveal a heavily cratered surface. Scientists said it appeared Mars was more similar to the Moon than to Earth. NASA called the discovery of large craters scientifically startling. The craters ranged in size from about 5 to 120 kilometers. Scientists believed that the Martian atmosphere must be thin... To preserve the craters as well as they appear, The brief glimpse of Mars revealed no mountains, valleys, or similar Earth-like features. Of course, later missions to Mars revealed high-rising volcanoes and an immense chasm many times greater than the Grand Canyon. Mariner 4 performed all its programmed activities successfully and returned useful data from launch until 2205 universal time on october 1st 1965 when the distance from earth 309 million kilometers and the antenna orientation temporarily halted signal acquisition data acquisition resumed in late 1967. the cosmic dust detector registered 17 hits in a 15-minute span on september 15th part of an apparent micrometeoroid shower which temporarily changed the spacecraft's attitude and probably slightly damaged the thermal shield. Later, it was speculated that the probe passed through the debris of comet D-Swift and even made a flyby of that comet's possibly shattered nucleus at 20 million kilometers. On December 7th, the gas supply in the attitude control system was exhausted, And on December 10th and 11th, a total of 83 micrometeoroid hits were recorded, which caused a perturbation of the attitude and degradation of the signal strength. On December 21st, 1967, communications with Mariner 4 were terminated. In conclusion, Mariner 4 was the first successful flyby of the planet Mars, returning the first pictures of the Martian surface. These represented the first images of another planet ever returned from deep space. The total data returned by the mission was 5.2 megabits. All experiments operated successfully with the exception of the ionization chamber Geiger counter, which failed in February 1965, and the plasma probe, which had its performance degraded by a resistor failure on December 6, 1964. The images returned showed a moon-like cratered terrain, a surface atmosphere pressure of 4.1 to 7.0 millibars, and daytime temperatures of minus 100 degrees C were estimated, and no magnetic field was detected. The cratered images and measurements of a thin atmosphere led some scientists to think that Mars was similar to the moon, and it squashed some views that Mars was a haven for life. According to NASA, the Mariner 4 mission forced most exobiologists to accept that life would not be obviously found on Mars. There was disappointment among some scientists and the public alike. The New York Times remarked, quote, Mars is probably a dead planet, end quote. However, there was a large degree of uncertainty because the mission had only imaged a part of the planet and had spent less than half an hour doing its work there. Later missions showed the moon-like features were not typical for Mars, but only for the more ancient region imaged by Mariner 4. Perhaps Mariner 4's greatest lesson to science is to not jump to conclusions based on limited data. salutations from the foothills of north carolina this is michael anish your host and i wanted to say thanks for listening to episode 46 of the space rocket history podcast entitled mariner 4. space rocket history is a proud member of the tech podcasting network i hope you enjoyed the episode as always it was a pleasure to bring it to you for those of you that were concerned about my heating situation i have good news My heat pump has thawed out and is now fully functional. I appreciate your concern. Thanks a lot. Wow, I love Mars. It is my second favorite planet. You can probably guess what my favorite planet is. (laughs) Mariner 4 was a very successful mission. The only major problem was losing its navigational lock on Canopus. But NASA JPL built in the ability to make changes from the Earth. They were certainly planning ahead on that mission, and they were also planning ahead when they decided to launch two probes instead of just one. That way they could make maximum use of their orbital window and have a backup spacecraft. Remember, Mariner 3 had a shroud problem and did not make it to Mars. I know the images returned from Mars were disappointing to many people because it showed Mars to be kind of lifeless and moon-like, and... There were no canals or other signs of intelligent life. And as Wayne wrote on uh, Facebook, it pretty much destroyed the sci fi stories about life on Mars. And he's correct about that. But later probes and landers proved that Mars was not as moonlike as Mariner 4 led us to believe. Which for me is good because I'm still holding out for at least some microbial life on Mars in the past or even currently. Anyway, if you would like more information on episode 46 and to see a picture of Mariner 4, I've posted some images on the homepage at spacerockethistory.com. I know it's hard to picture the probe from a verbal description, so make sure you check out the homepage. It won't take very long. It'll be the first article on there, and you can see some pictures of Mariner 4. I'd like to thank all of you that have contacted me by email or posted on Facebook. I read all your emails and Facebook comments and if I can think of something to add I usually respond. And if you would like to be notified when my next podcast is posted you can sign up for the email list on the home page or you can sign up for the RSS feed by clicking on the little orange box. I hope to have episode 47 ready next Thursday. It will begin a series of episodes that many of you have been waiting for since we finished up Mercury. So long for now.